Have you ever wanted to connect with someone, but you stopped yourself? Excuses to Connect is a podcast about actively creating the conditions that make meaningful connections easier. In other words, you can make excuses to connect. Join me, Richard Lee Tai, as I have conversations with experts, friends, and strangers on their struggles and successes when it comes to human connections. As a listener, I hope that you can take these insights and find excuses to connect with more people. After all, you never know how any connection can transform your life. Welcome to episode 22 of the Excuses to Connect podcast, and Happy New Year. Rather than making New Year's resolutions, I prefer to think of a keyword or theme for the year. For me, that keyword is patience. It's like I've planted lots of seeds in 2021, and if I keep patiently cultivating them, they'll sprout into lots of opportunities that I can't even imagine. One of the seeds that I've been cultivating is being part of a wonderful co-working community in Calgary called Work Nicer. It's where I met today's guest, Mackenzie Puttasee. Mackenzie is a man of diverse tastes, which is a pun, because he's a sommelier. That's a fancy term for someone who's a wine expert. And he also runs companies that provide wine and food tour experiences. He's passionate about bringing people together through the love of food, story, spaces, and travel. In this episode, we delve deeper into those four aspects, including a story of how he got invited to eat at strangers' houses in Morocco. This is Connecting Through Wine, Food, and Traveling with Mackenzie Puttasi. Well, hello, Mackenzie. It's a pleasure to have you today on the podcast. Hello. Rather than just asking you how you are, which is what I normally ask, I'm going to ask a more creative question. What food or drink would you use to describe how you're currently feeling? Oh, wow. I like this. Okay. I think I'm going to go with something a bit comforting because it's like a Monday and it's a bit cool. So I want to be cozy. So I'm going to go with Shaolong Bao, or I may not say that perfectly, but essentially a soup dumpling. (laughs) Because I love them and I love how they're like, just like full of warm, savory deliciousness. Nice. No, that's perfect. The reason I asked this question, as listeners will understand, is that you're super into food or drinks. So I was curious to see how to respond to that. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So on your Instagram profile, you describe yourself as a man of diverse tastes. So I definitely agree. And there's a ton of stuff for us to dive into today. So I'd like to start by, I pulled a quote from your LinkedIn profile. You say that your passion is bringing people together through the love of food, story, spaces, and travel. So I'm wondering if you could tell listeners the story of how you came to that statement. Okay, well, really what each of these words represents is kind of like a chunk of my journey, education, and or career. But in in the truest sense, I was like up on my couch, chatting with my friend over Clubhouse app, trying to redesign my LinkedIn and getting fun flowing ideas while drinking wine in my quarantine COVID apartment. So all good things come through pressure, let's say. But but really, this was kind of me saying, okay, what, what have I dived into? Or what am I really passionate about? Or what mm-hmm. I've experienced around? And food has been something I've always loved. But specifically, I've worked in fine dining, restaurants, and with wine, or specifically, as well as sake. 
and I also work in food and wine tourism. Story, this is kind of this love of storytelling and communicating with people. And I have a theater background originally, so that was kind of my first step into the world after high school was getting mm -hmm. into both comedy, musicals, drama, and studying theater. Spaces comes, I think it's a sense of like both travel, but also like the more specific platform, whether mm -hmm. that be, you know, how and where do you connect with someone? Is it at the dinner table? Is it in, you know, is it over Zoom nowadays? Or is it in some like inspired, amazing architectural place or museum? So I think there's so much about the space and like, you know, when I think about setting up like an event or a tour, mm -hmm. you really need to clock all those aspects of space, you know, what's the music like? Is it cozy? Is it minimalist? And what's the, what are the smells? What's coming up? And then travel. I love to travel. I got fortunately taken around with my parents as a kid to a lot of the US, parts of Canada, and down into Mexico and the Caribbean. But then in my later years, I kind of got the travel bug and have been vagabonding as a teacher, teaching English primarily abroad mm -hmm. for about four straight years, but also teaching some Spanish and doing some, some tutoring and wine education in more recent years. Awesome. So that was probably longer than you expected, but... No, <laughs> I mean, today we'll all be all about storytelling, so you'll have lots of space for that. No, see, this is what I mean of you being a person of diverse taste, like you've done all these cool things. As another broad question, I'm curious, what does hospitality mean to you? Because I know that's also sort of a central element when you talk about food and story and spaces. Yeah, and actually this thing's something, I think we need to remind ourselves a lot. Like when I was working full-time in the restaurant industry, there is a lot of like, your table is real estate and you're trying to bring in as many people as you can and sell mm -hmm. as much as you can. And like, that is true from a business aspect, but I think you always need to remind yourself of why people come back, why people want to be with you in your presence. And that can be in your home or at the restaurant or in your business. But to me, hospitality is that kind of like true sense of ease or like really taking care of someone. Mm -hmm. And I don't have that many people in my life that, you know, when you like go to their house and you just know you're like at ease and you're fully taken care of, yeah. it's a really precious thing. It's very rare. And I think when you get it with full kind of warmth and heart, it's like, you almost don't notice at first. And then he's like, ah, I'm just like totally at ease. It's amazing. Right. So do you aim like when you, and we'll get into this, like with all this work you're doing around these wine or food tours that you're trying to, also cultivate that same sort of ease for people? I would say so. It's kind of a mix of like ease and like spectacle, maybe. Like you, mm. you want people to be kind of shocked and awed or discover something new, but there's kind of this underlying trick of like, how do we make this as easy and seamless as possible? And, and what are all the things we can do for somebody without them almost even knowing it ever happened? It's just this kind of underlying, like, oh, everything was just so great, right? And maybe they don't even know all that you put into it, but they left with this feeling at the yes. end. No, that's awesome. And I, I'm aware that there's a lot of work <laughs> that goes behind the scenes to launch any sort of... Event. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know a few years ago you launched New World Wine Tours. Could you tell listeners about what that is? 
Yeah, so I was working in a fine dining restaurant in Toronto called Key Modern Japanese, which is known for, it's right on Bay Street, which is like the Wall Street of Toronto, basically. Mm. And so I was kind of in that realm for a while and had the chance to study wine through work and as a hobby and been to a bunch of wine regions around the world. So I really wanted to kind of take myself out of the restaurant and combine it with my love of travel. And so that's kind of how I ended up starting New World Wine Tours was this like, how do I get people into the wine region, which I at the time thought and still at this time think is kind of underrepresented. Mm. A lot of people don't know Canada makes wine. A lot of Mm -hmm. people don't know there's wine in Ontario. And so, you know, that was my aim really was um, start a boutique style tour company. So really small group. So I could take people to wineries they probably wouldn't find on their own or get them into certain scenarios where we could be in the barrel cellar or Mm -hmm. talk to the winemaker, taste the wine right out of the barrel, that kind of stuff. And then not compromise or skimp on quality. And so that was kind of the, the original idea came from my friend Cecile. She was like, you speak multiple languages. You love wine, you love travel. Why don't you go try this thing? So I was like, mm, okay. So I kind of did some basic market research, see if anyone else was doing it and if it would be viable and put together some like tests and off we went. Awesome. And you talking about uh, the spectacle element, I think that really comes out that you're giving them this very unique experience going on these wine tours. And so I'm really curious on like, I I want to delve deeper into these beginning stages of when you were starting this, of Mm -hmm. what the process was like to build up these connections with these wineries and restaurants so that you could have these tours. Good question. It's, it's always, you never know what you're going to get. But what I'd say is anytime I just think like, this is speaking from the more experienced side of the spectrum now, but at the beginning, it was just like, okay, I think these are the wineries I want to visit, you know, maybe because they're what I would deem the best wine, or they look the nicest, or great food, or if they're located conveniently one to another, you kind of have to think about those things. And then just reaching out, and that can be, you know, through an email, through phone call, or in person. But I think anytime you're looking to kind of partner you want to be really clear, A, what do you want out of the conversation? B, what can you do for them? You know, obviously you want something from them or else you wouldn't talk to them. So it's that kind of uh, pitch, that offer that like, hey, by me doing this, you're going to get all these benefits. And I think that's really important to think about ahead of time and outline to them. It's like, I'm going to bring you X amount of people. We're going to expose your brand to this. We're going to post about you on our Instagram. We're going to you know, whatever it might be, depending on the the situation. But yeah, I think always kind of come in with the benefits. And then, and then really, it is about that relationship, right? Like, you want everything to start quickly and just be seamless and amazing. But you might not get a yes right away, you might wait three to six weeks when you wanted to wait two days to get an answer or arrange a meeting. So I think it's a kind of really think about it as there's a transactional element to this, but mm. there's also this kind of underlying relationship building, which doesn't come quickly. It will never come quickly, no matter what you're in. There needs mm-hmm. to be a certain level of like trust and authenticity between the two partners that will only come with time and right. an increased interaction. Mm. So always be on your best behavior. 
business, <laughs> even when you're mad. Yes. I, so I'm curious now how those relationships and trust has developed, because I think you're on your fifth or sixth year of your New World Wine Tours now. So I'm curious what mm-hmm. it looks like nowadays. Well, I mean, the nice thing is you start, you like lean on each other, right? Like mm-hmm. there's certain wineries where if you're in a pinch, if something last minute comes up, you're like, don't worry, these guys got our back and vice versa is like, we're always going to be there, you know, talking about your good graces. So yeah, I guess I would just say like, you start to really become friends and have an investment in what one another is doing. Whereas, yeah, some of the people we started working with a year or two in, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just not really getting what I want out of this relationship. I feel like the energy flow back and forth isn't in equilibrium or whatever. And Mm -hmm. so you start to look at other alternatives or you meet someone through the grapevine or they say, Hey, check this place out. And, uh, and sometimes these little things will kind of culminate themselves. Yes. You made a nice pun there of hearing people through the grapevine. <laughs> I try, I try. Whether it's a judgment or not. <laughs> and I know you also started a, a sister brand uh, called Eating Through T.O. Yes. Short, a while after you started New World Wine Tours. Could you tell folks about that? Yes. So this kind of started actually through Airbnb. I had been doing the wine tours. I was also working part-time at a sake brewery in Toronto for education and tourism. And Airbnb had basically kind of spoken on their, what they call their keynote, that -hmm. they were going to be launching this whole new arm of experiences. So I actually got a forward from my brother and he's like, hey, you should put your wine tours on here. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. So I look into it. I apply and I ended up applying for like four different concepts for different walking food tours, the sake, Mm -hmm. as well as wine, because I was like, well, tourism in Canada by nature is a bit seasonal. So Mm -hmm. my thought was, oh, if I could do something in the city rather than having to take an entire day out to wine country every time, that could be kind of nice. So I love dessert. I pitched a pastry crawl, going to a bunch of different pastry shops along Queen West, which is kind of the neighborhood I've been in for the last seven, eight years. And then the sake as well. So I ended up with two of 10 experiences launching in Toronto when Airbnb did their like initial launch and press conference. Mm -hmm. And then as that kind of started building up steam, it was, I kind of listed it under the wine tour company at first, just as like a bit of an extra, but it came, it became apparent that it kind of didn't fit branding wise in terms of what was being offered. So yeah, originally I had actually kind of built out drink only experiences and pastry was the outlier. And I was like, forget it. So I, I broke off a new brand. I really wanted to focus on like growing the social media arm. And actually, mm-hmm. I really wanted to do uh, almost like a YouTube thing with almost like comedians in cars getting coffee with uh, that Jerry Seinfeld yeah. does, yeah. but like taking Toronto chefs around. Because cool. I really feel like Toronto is kind of on the cusp of becoming this global city. Mm-hmm. But then the the level of celebrity when you compare it to LA or New York, Paris, London mm-hmm. is just so much lower. So that was kind of my mission. And then we did some kind of cool YouTube trials, but then COVID got in the way and we never got back to it. But yeah, you know, 
So that's how that was birthed. And then we ended up with about like six to eight different tours and then got to loop in some different guides and also did a driving food tour called the Best of TO, which kind of allowed for like a fully customizable private mm-hmm. sightseeing meets food tour in like a nice black car SUV. So that was like the crown jewel of it all in its inception. So you could get the true best of the city. You're you're really selling it. <laughs> no, I, I it's no, it's fascinating because I've never been on a wine or food tour before. But just the whole how you've described this experience, I'd be so down for it. I, I'm curious in in your experience or uh, in your time running these types of experiences, if you have any memorable stories to share of how people have connected through food or through wine. Oh. Oh man. Sure, there's many um, stories, but <laughs> that's the thing. I'm like, I don't know. I almost want to share a story of how I did. Not that it's all about me today, but the idea that like you never know who you're gonna meet mm-hmm. on these type of tours. And sometimes people will meet total strangers, they become friends, they go hang out after, you know, they they stay in touch and And I think this is something about food because we all eat every day and it's very visceral. You know, a lot of us have these kind of memories and comforts around food and family. But at the same time, there's a certain like out of your comfort zone nature to trying new foods. And I think it, it kind of like allows you to be both comforted and tested and and gets people talking and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they, because they can be quite passionate either way about something they like or don't like. Um, so that has nothing to do with my story, but I, <laughs> but I think like that sets the stage yeah. that I, I had a, hosted a, a pastry crawl and there's basically only like one person on it. This guy, Adrian, who had come up from Georgia and he, you know, he'd had like a tough year and he just really wanted to treat himself. Mm-hmm. And he came up on a solo trip to Toronto and had found this thing and he loves like desserts and baking. And so we ended up chatting, like just the two of us over the course of this like two hour food tour nice. and, you know, kind of ended up staying in touch. So like he, I invited him to meet up with some friends of mine later that trip. And then he's, he and his partner a few years later came back to Toronto mm-hmm. and did my tour again. Uh, actually a different food tour, but similar. And, and then we kind of were able to stay in touch. He'll like send Christmas cards. So we like, we've actually become friends long mm-hmm. distance out of just this food tour. And so that alone is kind of testament to how you can connect with, with somebody. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm curious for you if you've had an experience um, where you weren't the host, but you were sort of, I guess, the recipient of this hospitality during any of your travels, if you have a memorable story of you sharing a meal with other people, what that was like. I had a few amazing experiences in Morocco. I was there. I was in Marrakesh. I had been teaching at this French summer camp. And uh, a coworker of mine from Australia and I decided to go down after we finished our contract and just like check it out for about 10 days. And she was from Australia. I was from Canada and I had lost my wallet in Spain about a month prior. So I only had cash and like my digital credit card number for online purchases. Mm -hmm. And she was kind of going to be making the purchases and then I would pay for our hotels and stuff and balance it out. 
And so there's one day her card wasn't working. We had basically like $5 to our names and we weren't sure how soon we were going to get more money access, you know, to us. And so it's really typical to, I guess, invite people over for dinner. Mm -hmm. But for us, this was very odd for like a shopkeeper or someone in the market to invite us for dinner, but it kept happening. So like the first night we got there, we got invited to the, we were buying like a hookah pipe Mm -hmm. and the guy was like, oh, you should come over for dinner. And we were like, okay, (laughs) go. And then the next day we had gone to visit like a tannery because they do a lot of leather work. Mm -hmm. And after that, they kind of take you into like a shop and you, they try to get you to buy leather or like a rug or something. We're like, honestly, we're so unavailable yeah five dollars <laughs> yeah we're like we we're like they like because they serve you tea and they sit right. you down and yeah. we're like i'm so sorry to like refuse your hospitality but we like really don't have any money and we're not going to buy anything we don't even know how we're going to eat dinner and so then the guy's like you know what my brother-in-law is opening a restaurant come over and we'll feed you and you don't yeah. have to pay and we're like no no no, you don't have to do that like no we insist we insist so we like go to this restaurant, they take us upstairs, it's on this rooftop, it hasn't yeah. opened yet. And exactly like they said, they fed us, they chatted with us, they had their like daughter running around, and it was fantastic. And then this kind of kept happening. So mm. we we had gone to this shop to buy teapots and cups, which are quite ornate and beautiful. And then, and then the shopkeeper's talking to us and we're really indecisive uh, about the cups we want. So he's like, hey, you should, yeah, you know, come to my come to my house for dinner. I'll like teach you how to cook tagine, which is a typical meal. Mm. And again, we're like, I don't know, should we just do it? This just seems to be like, <laughs> Aaron's inviting us for dinner. So he's like, okay, meet me at the shop at 6 p.m. when I close up. So we kind of go around for the day. We're like, I don't know. Should we go to like a stranger's house or I don't know. So we decide to go anyway. And we meet him there. He takes us to the market. We buy like fresh meat and veggies. We go in a cab out to his house in the suburbs. And we kind of were like, this is good, right? This is good. I think this is good. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, we were a little little on edge, but it was still good. So we get there and you know, same thing. He's like, invites us into our house, into his house, two total strangers, cooks for us, shows us how to make tagine. We sit on his patio, we have tea, we smoke the hookah. He pays for all the food. He pays for our taxi in to the, his place and sends us home in a cab, doesn't wow. ask for a dime. Mm-hmm. And it was just this incredible hospitality that I've never experienced anywhere else. I still haven't experienced it to that level. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it just was amazing you know, to meet these people, get to know them, get to see what their inside of a home is like and and really just understand like, I don't know, not that I wasn't of this mindset, but mm. the idea that like people are generally up to good. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I wish people would just invite me over for free food all the time. <laughs> I was like, we kept being like, is this normal here? Like, but I guess it is. Or I don't know. We got really lucky and like all the nicest people were just like throwing out invites. It was great. <laughs> right. Um, on this thread, I know you've traveled to 43 different countries. I'm yes. curious, what are some of your biggest 
lessons you've learned through traveling? Being flexible. Like I think when you're first going abroad, it's like you make this big plan and, you know, you need to get somewhere at a certain time and you have to hit all these locations and travel sites and go up the Eiffel Tower, whatever you do. But like sometimes the most memorable and fun things that have happened to me are these kind of serendipitous accidents or Mm -hmm. you miss your train and you end up staying in the wrong town for a night and you like, oh, this town is really cool. I would have never thought to come here or, you know, and like, and it's all going to work out, like, unless you're kidnapped or something, and even then it might work out. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just this sense of whatever plan, whatever concept you made in your head for your your travels, Mm -hmm. don't like hold tightly because things are going to come up inevitably. And if you can not let them ruin your day, You'll be so much happier for it. And again, you might find some of these like amazing blessings. And then another thing would just be like, as much as we're so different and there's such zest and variety to life as you travel, we're all kind of the same. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we all know that fundamentally, but there's that sense of, oh, you know, this person just wants their kids to go through school and they want a nice house and they want to afford this and they want to go on vacation and they want to be safe and have peace and be able to put food on the table. So like, Mm -hmm. no matter what the walk of life is, it's just a nice reminder. Like, yeah, we're all all the same. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious about this mindset of flexibility. If how that's applied to, I guess, your daily life now and sort of the companies and work that mm. you're doing now. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly a blessing, but like, because like, same thing, when you're on tour, I don't know, there could be an accident on the highway, something could happen, yeah. some weird closure, weather, and you just have to be able to adapt. I think that kind of idea of adaptability, flexibility, it goes mm-hmm. a long way because yeah, life's messy, life's imperfect. And you as a business owner or your employees or whomever, like we're all going to make mistakes. And it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of like, how do we set it right? How do we make it the best it can be at this moment? And I think if you have that kind of like infinite allowance and forgiveness without kind of being, what's the word? Like, I don't know, like, <laughs> like having that, that people can, walk over you. I don't know. Yeah, like you yeah. exactly. Like if you need some sort of base level, like standards that yeah. you operate by. But I think there is that kind of sense of like when things do come up, really like why dwell on these kind of negative things when you can just move on and move forward and find the most interesting or best way to kind of work that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And this other point that you mentioned that even though we come from different walks of life, we're still, we have the same basic needs and wants when it comes to taking care of our family, wanting to be happy, wanting to have safety and health. So one other thing that I like to explore in my podcast, not just the su- successes when it comes to human connections, which I think you have lots of, but also exploring this area around any challenges or struggles that people have around human connections, because I think that's also something that's common for people. So I'm curious if you have any thoughts around that. Yeah, I would say 
So I don't know if you want a challenge of my own or just a challenge I think we all share. Either. <laughs> okay, okay. So I would say this. I think a lot of people get up in their head about how someone's going to perceive them. Is someone going to be you know, offended or are you going to, do you feel embarrassed because maybe you are self-conscious about something, whether it be your physical body, the way you speak, maybe you feel inadequacy, maybe you think this person you're approaching is powerful or more important than you or wouldn't possibly want to talk to you. I'd say most of the time that's not true. People want to be talked to in a friendly manner. And, you know, for the most part, I think people want to see other people succeed and do well especially if they've carved out the time for you to do so. It's kind of like, okay, we're here now. Like, give me your best you today. And this is something I kind of remember from theater because I studied acting and the audition process, which is awful. It's grueling. It's terrifying. It's nerve wracking. But like the directors, they want you to do well. They want you to come in, come on the stage, throw down like the most amazing monologue they've ever heard and hire you so that they can go home and be really happy because they found an amazing actor. And you need to kind of walk through life with that thing. It's like everyone wants you to be the best you so they can enjoy what you have to offer. You know, no one's satisfied when you come in nervous or half-assed or tired or, you know, don't don't deliver your honest self so i think that's it just like remember that people want you to be your best truly Mm, no that's a great point when you brought up this point about auditions that reminds me i'm not from a theater background but i'm from a music background and there Mm. are auditions involved with that as well because there there was a time for me when i used to feel a lot of performance anxiety because i thought Everyone can see me fail if I mess up and what will they yeah. think of me. But eventually I, I came to the same realization you did too. It's like the people in the audience want to enjoy a good performance. It's not like they're they're sitting and picking up every little mistake. They, yeah. they want to, and even if there are mistakes, honestly, it's like, that's part of the performance as well. It's, it's more true. Random. And half the time they don't know. The audience yeah. sometimes is like, oh, it sounded great to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so no, I, I think that's a great attitude to be authentic in your life and that people do want to see the best version of yourself. So awesome. I know more recently that you've joined Work Nicer, which is a co-working space here based in Calgary. And that's how I met you. I met you at one of the events. So I'd love to know about uh, what this new adventure looks like for you with Work Nicer. Yeah, well, I'm still figuring it out, but (laughs) I just needed some fresh space and perspective after being cooped up for the last year and a half in in Toronto and kind of being, you know, away from regular work life. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I came out here. I basically do kind of, or am charged to do member engagement and events. And so I get the pleasure of basically creating opportunities for members to show off their skills, to network, to do speaking engagements, as well as kind of find fun and fanciful ways for for people to get involved, whether that be sports or decorating cookies or something like that. Yeah, so so that's kind of what I'm doing here now. And really with the goal of, of making better connections and making mm-hmm. better experiences for people in kind of a a more business to business or like 
founder to founder kind of setting. Right. Cool. I am looking forward to when you do a wine or sake tasting, <laughs> if that okay. will happen for work nice. <laughs> I do actually have a sake tasting that's going to come up in the next few weeks. So I will make sure you're invited to that. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I look forward to it. It's been really nice being part of this co-working community because before this, I was working from home. So it's nice to have a dedicated space where I can do work, but also be around people because, yeah, I think I, I, I experienced a similar thing of being cooped up. Yeah, totally, totally. Yes. I'm curious with everything that you've accomplished so far, what, what, are, what do your future goals look like? Like, I don't know, a year or two years from now, where would you want to be? Oh, that's exactly what I'm wondering right now, too. <laughs> but this is, I don't know. We're, I'm still working through this. I, I do know that I'm a people person. I love working with people and the connection. I do really miss traveling. So I think some of that is going to be in the books. And, and really a lot of what I do has a lot to do with education, whether it's teaching English or about wine or kind of simplifying some aspect of business or something for people. So I'm kind of looking at how to take what I know Mm -hmm. or what I want to know and kind of bring that down and make it easier for people. So so hopefully you'll be as surprised as I am, but I've, I've, I've got like a concept for a wine book and course. Uh-huh. I also am really fascinated by the kind of blockchain and crypto space. So mm-hmm. I'm dabbling in NFT art and the way NFTs could work as like community or member tokens. Mm. And yeah, so I don't know. Not that's, a great answer, but I don't truly. No, I know. think it suits your personality <laughs> because you're flexible. <laughs> there we like go. Whatever right? comes like, will come. <laughs> I just got to see what ingredients come in and then I can put the, the best ones in the pot and whatever gets cooked up is going to be delicious. I hope. <laughs> Good analogy. I mean, and there's Thank an you. element of serendipity there too, that sometimes unexpected good things will come to you and change. Your yes. Mind. Yes. Yes. Cool. So for any listeners that might want to reach out to you to talk about wine or traveling or just find you an interesting person, where would you want to direct listeners to? I would say hop on Instagram is probably the easiest. My handle is traveling som, S-O-M-M traveling with one L and or hit me up on LinkedIn, Mackenzie Putici, P-U-T-I-C-I. And you can just shoot me a message or an invite and see what I've been up to on a, in a business sense as well. Yeah. So those are both fantastic. Awesome. And I'll make sure to also link to New World Wine Tours and Eating Through TO in case there are any Torontonians. I don't know if that's the correct word. Uh, but is, if there's any perfect. Torontonians tuning in that they could check those out too. Yes. And even if not, we actually have some cool virtual tasting events Mm. as well on New World Wine Tours. So people could dabble in wine tasting without borders. How how far do you ship those like wine kits? You're doing a virtual tasting. We have partners to ship really throughout Canada and Mm. even in most states, but they would mostly be full bottles. 
Uh, in Ontario, you can do like flights in, yeah. that are rebottled, but they just only last, you know, 48 hours really right. in, in optimal conditions. So cool. And well, it's not legal to ship them out of the province either. So, so that doesn't help. <laughs> cool. I'll have a look at that. Maybe okay. my friends and I can jump on a virtual wine tour for tasting. <laughs> sure, that'd be fun. Yeah. I'm curious if you have a final message or takeaway you'd like to say to listeners. Oh, I don't know. These are always hard. Okay. I should have prepared for this question. Oh, no. It's a, it's no. A, <laughs> this is all part of the genuine, authentic conversation. <laughs> I would honestly just say, like, truly seek excitement in life because any time I have lost the excitement for what I'm doing has usually been the the grayest bleakest time and that and that's usually what's caused me to to make a change or shake things up and you know I've luckily had the luxury to do so and the freedom to do so but you know really take an analysis and if you're not excited about what you're doing find find a way to be excited or get excited about something new Mm-hmm. no that's life is meant to be exciting <laughs> no uh, that's a good reminder because recently I, I listened to a podcast episode about the, the topic of fun because it, mm. it's it's interesting because I think when sometimes uh, we get to a point in our adult lives that we realize we're not really having fun anymore <laughs> and that playful mm-hmm. light-hearted spirit and I think it's really important to kindle and have with you so yeah, and I've lost it a few times, so that's why I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> gotta keep it, gotta keep it close. No, that's awesome. Well, it was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast episode today, and have you share all your wonderful stories and travels. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, uh, an honor to be invited, and thank you for setting this up. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember to check out the show notes of the episode where you can find a link to my website, excusestoconnect.com. There, you can find out the other initiatives that I'm working on. The intro and outro music were written by Megan Rennie. You can check out her Instagram and SoundCloud in the show notes. There are also links to leave a voice message, as I'd love to hear from listeners. You can leave a comment or ask a question that might be featured in a future episode. Lastly, there's a link to buy me a coffee. This is a website that supports content creators where you can donate some money on a one-time or monthly basis. If you love what I'm doing and want to support, you can buy me metaphorical coffee. Finding excuses to connect is what I love to do, what I'm good at, and what I think the world needs more of. Consider sharing this podcast with anyone who might benefit from it. I hope you have a wonderful day and make some new connections. After all, you never know how any connection can transform your life.